Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. Church, so excited to be with you guys today. My name is Adam. This is my wife, Morgan. Yes, the applause for her. I like it. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, We are so honored to get to be here with you guys today. A little bit about us. If we have not gotten the opportunity to meet you, definitely make sure you come up and say hey to us after the service. We'd love to get to know you. Uh, We get the opportunity to serve our youth and young adults. So we're typically here Sunday night with Vertical. And then Wednesday, 7th to 12th grade. 6 to 7.30. Bring your kids. She's getting the details. Sorry, and then shout out. Wednesday, 7 o'clock, for our, our movement young adults. Yes. Wow, okay. guys. All right. I was expecting you guys wakey, to be louder wakey. than that. All right, awesome. <laughs> there we go. And we get to be with our online campus as well. We They're love our online right people. Good to see you guys again. We have people that are tuning in from all over the place every single weekend, and it is just a testament to what is happening here at Freedom House Church. I mean, today we have people from Nebraska, California, North Carolina, Alabama, Hawaii. South Carolina, Hawaii. Yeah, definitely glad you guys are here. Wish and we were Pennsylvania. there it's a like, little, to be honest. It's like 6 a.m. there. They're, they're showing up for church. The I real like Christians in Hawaii. That's right. Awesome. And uh, the reason that we get to even be up here is really the result of our senior pastors, the vision that they have for Freedom House Church. We have something called a teaching team here at Freedom House, and that means we have a live communicator at every service every single weekend. And so we are honored to get to be here with you guys today. Yes, and we have had the opportunity to serve as pastor up here, but this is our first weekend doing a full message. So we need you to hoop and holler like you're our family and cheer us on. And if you like something, say something. And if you don't like something, just please don't say anything. Just tell us after. Please don't say anything because, you know. Um, awesome. We're in a series called Love, Sex, and Dating. All the FH Uh-oh. kids are in their classrooms. Uh-oh. And so today we're going to be talking about dating. We're going to be talking about dating before marriage and dating in marriage because how many of you know it's just as important as dating in marriage as before marriage? You feel me? 
Very important. And so if we were to title our message today, which we did. What's it called? We called it Falling in Like. Falling in like with, with you. me. Um, yes, falling in like. This is why we're not on the worship team. No offense. Okay. None taken. Thank you. So we're excited to dive in. And you, Professor Adam, have a chart to draw for us. That's right. So just to give us a little glimpse of what we're going to be talking about today, kind of some different things um, as we go along in our message today. So first thing with most of our relationships, whether you're married, whether you're dating, uh, or if you've been in a relationship before, it typically starts with attraction, right? You see them across the room. Saw you from across the room. Chris Brown, there. baby. That's right. Um, you, you will get a lot of those references today. We are used to being with young adults. Continue. That's it. You meet them at a coffee shop. Maybe you swipe right on your dating apps. Whatever it is, christianmingle.com, whatever floats your boat. But it starts Christian with Mingle. the Sorry. attraction. Farmersonly.com. You know, the, the typical ones Adam's that people, people are using. That's definitely more Adam's people. Go ahead. <laughs> you definitely would not be on that, though. So I found my people before that. That's good. So, But it starts with the attraction. And then from there, we enter into the relationship, and what begins to happen is we start to like the person even more. We're finding out more about who they are, what they like, what they don't like, the things that you can agree on, the things that you can't agree on. And so that like relationship begins to grow, to build, yeah. and to grow. And then at some point along the way, unless you are Ted Mosby or our campus pastors, you drop the L word. They said it on the very first day of meeting. Ours um, was but more for the rest of, of us. Line. It happens a little bit later on in the relationship, right? right? And so um, it's a, Adam, who said it first? Technically, I said it first. She did write it first in a letter. But, you know, Jerry's Listen. still out on that on yeah. technicalities. Anyways, it was me. But regardless, oh, shout out. it's a big step in the relationship, right? You're taking it to another step. And as we yes. progress further into the relationship at some point, if we're married in here, or we intend to get married, eventually it culminates in I do, right? Aww. Oh, yes. Very exciting. And so that relationship has built and it gets to the point where we say, I do. And then unfortunately, if we're not careful, what can happen is that like can start to diminish. Right. The I do can become I don't. The yeah. things that we liked about them, we don't I don't anymore. like as much anymore. Uh, I don't like the cute little things that I thought I did. Those things that we used to like about them, the things that got us to that point, they I don't know if I, can, if I like them as much as I do. And so unfortunately, that like relationship can start to decline. And if we're not careful, the I do can end in I'm done. 50% of those marriages in the U.S. do that. Which is an unfortunate statistic, right? But that's why we're here in this room. We're here to talk about what God intends in marriage, what God intends in our dating relationships. Because dating is intended for marriage. And then marriage is not to go from I do to I'm done. No, it's to continue to foster that like relationship and to continue to grow and love and like our spouse. Yeah, and that's God's intention. God's intention isn't for it to go from I do to I'm done. It's to continue upward, right? And so we want to talk to two groups of people today about that, about specifically dating in marriage and before marriage. And we want to talk to those of you who are single and ready to mingle that how do you fall in like? How do you fall in like according to God's ways? And, and then once you're married, married couples, how do I stay in like? We're going to talk to you today as well. And before we do that, we're going to talk about ourselves because we want you to know 
our little of our story. Why are we even up here? Why well, are we these talking people? about these who things? Who this? Um, well, we're Morgan and Adam, and we've been married for going on seven years. That's right. So it was six years in September. Morgan likes to round up. Nothing round wrong up. with that. And so we're, we're almost seven years. Yeah, almost seven years married, over 10 years dating. Yeah. And fun fact, uh, we met in high school pottery class. Oh, yes, I know. Did. And then, listen to this. I can't even fathom these two colors together now, but we wore coral and teal to senior prom, and my mom made his bow tie. And to Aww. me, coral is, a, is like in the ocean. It's not a color yeah, to me. but Well, that's why we couldn't find it in the bow tie, so my mom was like, just let me make this. Also, she made my wedding dress. Amazing. Okay, we can get off track. That being said, we dated like freshman year of college, and that was a little long distance, and then I moved back to Charlotte. All that to say, we, praise God, didn't have sex before marriage, if we're honest, but we did not date well. We did not always do the best. Yeah, we kind of, I would say we drew the line after we'd crossed it. We were like, do something, and we were like, that's not a good idea. The Lord does not look on that with favor. Oh, finger wag. Repent, 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 repent. And then we would draw a new, new line, and that's just kind of how we did it. And so we're excited today to get to share with you kind of what we didn't really do great in hopes that you do it better. And then we also want to talk to our married people about continuing to fall in like because that is so important. That's right. And so for the first part, we're going to be talking to the singles, the ones that are dating. But oh, married people, don't check out because maybe you have kids and they would really benefit from this stuff. So you can take notes as well. And then when we talk to the married people, single people, y'all can't tune out either because that's something that you're looking towards, right? As we grow in the relationship, headed towards that I do, can starting I to learn these things too? now. Yeah. Absolutely. And listen, I know that we're 28. And I'm just going to address a potential elephant that you have. Well, I'm 55, girl, and I've been through a divorce, and I've got kids, and you've got nothing that could apply to me. Well, don't look at the vessel, right? Look, uh, let God speak to your spirit. What we're saying is so biblical and so true that it's God that penetrates the heart, right? It's the love of God that draws men to repentance. So we hope that you hear love today and that you hear God's heart because these are the same for my 20-year-old sitting on the front row as it is for you today. So we're hopeful for that. And we believe that pre-marriage dating is easy as what? It's easy as A, B, C. That's it. And so we're going to keep it super practical for you guys. So make sure you're taking notes. And we're going to have some ABCs for the married folks later. So folks. make sure you... Folks. Them folks from Farmers Only. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so. If you the, met your spouse on Farmers Only, come hit me up after because I'm really interested. Go ahead. Yeah, awesome. Um, I digress. Yeah, moving on from that. What's and the A? The first one, the A in our pre-marriage dating ABCs is accountability. And this comes straight out of Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. And it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. So accountability is super important, specifically when we're dating. And if you've been around Freedom House for a while, you know that we say we are better together. And we believe that wholeheartedly. It follows through every aspect of the church. That one is okay, two is better. And we're better 
together because we can complement each other. And so we would say to you practically, females, you need a female accountability partner and men, you need a male accountability partner. And we would say specifically, they need to be in that season of life that you're headed towards. So if you're single and you're dating, you want to have an accountability partner that is in a godly marriage so they can help you get to that next space. And maybe you are divorced and you're kind of navigating the dating scene again. You want to find, that's a very specific uh, need that you have and wisdom that certain people won't be able to give you that others will. So be specific, pray, God will show you the right person to keep you accountable in your life. And also something that I love about Adam is he has military experience. And so sometimes he takes the military uh, stories that he has and experiences he's had and put them into like everyday life. So tell them about the military and what accountability looks like in that. This is something that it was always ingrained into us. And so specifically in our basic training, we didn't go anywhere without a battle buddy. We always had somebody of the same gender that was with us at all times. And if you got caught without that person, you got into a lot of trouble, which means you were probably doing a lot of push-ups. In the military, you're either smart or you're strong. You're not both. That's funny. That's it. I've never so, heard that. Yeah, if, if you're smart, you don't get in trouble. And if you're not so smart, you, you get in trouble and you do a lot, lot of push-ups. So either smart or you're strong. But to be smart, you keep somebody around you. And what they were doing is they were instilling in this idea of accountability, of being better together, to have somebody alongside you, just as the Bible says, that if one falls, there's another to lift them up. I mean, even when we were on field training exercises, we dug our foxholes two men wide because you're always going to have two people. And what they were instilling in us was these concepts, this idea about a physical war, right? But how many of you know that we're in a very real spiritual battle? Yeah. And the moment that we enter into a Christ-centered, godly dating relationship, we're putting a target on our back. And there's a very real enemy who would love to take us out. Yeah. And so we need people around us that can watch our back, that can hold us accountable to the things so that we're going to talk about here in just a second. Yeah, that's so good and so true. So A, pre-marriage dating, accountability, super important. So our B stands for boundaries. All the single people are like, B stands for boo. <laughs> Anyways. Everybody's least favorite thing to talk about. Yeah, B stands for boundaries. Uh, this is in 1 Corinthians 3.16. The word says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? You know, boundaries are absolutely necessary to protect God's temple and to keep it holy. So we have an analogy that we kind of use, and it goes like this. You've got a house. So we start out the front of the house. We've got a mailbox driveway, front front deck. Ooh, this is like a shotgun house, though. So you go straight into the living room, and then the kitchen, and out the back door, there's a yard, and then we'll say there's a cliff. That cliff is sin. It's fornication. It's sex before marriage. It's things that the Holy Spirit has specifically convicted you of. Um, that's that cliff. We would tell you, stand as close to the mailbox as you can. Because then if you step in the wrong direction, you're just on the driveway. In other words, stand so far away from sin that if you step in the wrong direction, you are stepping out of wisdom, but not into sin. That's you're good. stepping out of wisdom, but not into sin. And we, we have some practical just suggestions for you. Suggestions that we feel are tried and true and that will work well in any dating relationship. Yep. And one of the things that comes up when we talk to youth and young adults is how far is too far? And we're not going to answer that right now because, like Morgan said, the Holy Spirit is going to convict each one of us differently. And that's why having accountability, having leadership in your life to have those conversations with it is matters. super important. Yeah. But these are things that we feel are um, going to 
pretty much hit everybody because there's something that you can take into that dating relationship and set boundaries in. First and foremost, no living together prior to marriage. Now, I know sometimes this can be a little tricky, and we've talked with Pastor Michael, who they do our pre-marriage counseling, and um, it's just you're setting yourself up for difficult times. Yeah, I just want to share. We've had conversations over the over years of people saying, well, you don't understand my financial situation. You don't understand my... You know who does? God. Yeah. And he'll honor you as you honor him in that decision. I'm telling you, you think there's not a way. He is the way maker. We sing that every week. It feels like here on, on platform for worship. That is so true. So don't let your circumstances uh, dictate your boundaries or your honor to God because yeah. he's bigger and better than that. And he actually will make a way where you really feel like there's no way. I'm telling you, he does it every Absolutely. time. And talk to some of the leadership, talk to your life group leader, talk to that accountability person, and we can have those conversations. So for those of you that have maybe roommates, uh, you're living with some people, don't be at home alone with the person that you're dating. Yeah, do that. And no, don't do that. if your roommate is there, keep, keep the, the door doors open. open. The, the statement is what you're trying to do with the door closed that you can't do with it open. That's you know right. what I'm saying? Light the candles, blow them out. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it's like really quiet in here for the boundaries <laughs> Yeah, you guys got to get rowdy. They That's just it. don't, you know, it's well, truth with love. So here's another one. This is just a good rule of thumb, okay? Uh, oh, shout this out. Is, this is something that was told to me when I was in youth group. And oh, just, yeah, about the grandma? The grandma principle, yes. It's that don't do anything that you'd be uncomfortable with your grandmother being in the room for. Okay? Mood kill. That's right. So grandma's in the room, hands on lap, don't even look at each other. <laughs> so That's the, a good one. I like that. The grandma principle. Don't do anything that you wouldn't do in front of your grandma. Okay, and then we have to give a shout-out where it is due um, to Adam's parents uh, because they definitely taught us this one. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing. And now I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that is so true. What is it? Nothing good happens after midnight. Now, my parents didn't come up with that because you've probably heard that, but it rings true. <laughs> it does. Between the hours of midnight and dawn, you're going to make bad decisions. Just go home to go your to own bed. bed. Go to sleep. Shut I see your the parents ass. nodding, the, and the, the kids are like, not again. Really? Yes. <laughs> Nothing good happens after midnight. And as we approach 30, that's out of the question regardless. <laughs> yeah. Back <laughs> when we true. were dating, midnight is like you're getting started of the evening. Not anymore. Midnight is too late. It's already the next day. Go home. Go to sleep. <laughs> there you go. And lastly, and this is for typically for the guys in the room, we need to have open dialogue. We need to talk to the person that we're dating about our boundaries, and we're supposed to take charge as the man. Yes. We're supposed to initiate and uphold the boundaries. We can't solely leave it up to the person that we're dating to hold those boundaries because you know we're going to try and press them. So we need to be combined together, yep. a forefront to hold our boundaries yep. and be open and honest about them. And that's why the A of the ABCs comes in, the accountability, having that person that can also check you and be like, hey, what were you guys doing last night? Hey, I noticed y'all went home after the movie uh, and to, rode in the same car. Where did you guys go? Like having that person who can ask those questions to you. Yeah. And one more thing about accountability, you're just asking for it to be uncomfortable. I remember, which is honestly the best thing. Let it thing. be uncomfortable. Yeah, let it be uncomfortable. It's like asking for a trainer at the gym. You're basically just asking to sweat more, want to cry, probably throw up at least once, but then you're going to grow and you're going to get better. <laughs> Accountability is the same thing. Find somebody that you're like, their face pops up on that person's face and you're like, I don't want to have to tell them this and then back up because it really works. Accountability is great. Super important. That's Setting those boundaries before 
you start butting up against them. Because in the moment, you're not going to make the right decision. All right? Right. A, accountability. B, boundaries. And C stands for Christ. C stands for Christ. You guys are like, well, you're in FH kids. And every time somebody says Jesus in a kid's class, you know we're giving them a token. True. Because, one, that's adorable. Two, when they're like 35 and they're in a hard situation, if they can remember to say the name Jesus, they're already setting themselves up for a win. That being said, there you go. Yes, God is good. And he needs to be in the forefront of our minds. That's why we picked the C to be Christ. I'm going to read the scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You know, we talked about this with our youth a couple weeks back. And we ultimately said, when you're, in, when you're making a decision, really anytime, but especially in your relationships, you need to ask yourself, does this honor God? Ultimately, that's really the question. The action I'm about to take, the words I'm about to speak, if I filter this through, does this, does this honor God? then I'm setting myself up for probably a good decision. Because if the answer is no, you're going to go back to the drawing board. And that's why we picked C as Christ, because ultimately that's what we need to do in our relationships. With our accountability, with our boundaries, we really need to ultimately say, is what I'm doing, does this honor God? Because if not, it's time to move in a different direction. And with that as well, we didn't even say this in the last service, but I think that it's so important to, to address this. Another thing with Christ being the center, the Bible says to not be unequally yoked. So when we're looking for the right person or the one, um, we can talk more about that later. If you have questions, come up to me. I have some very strong feelings about the one and soulmates. But, yeah, we can talk afterwards. Um, but when you're looking for somebody to date, first and foremost, do they have the same beliefs as you? When we're talking about boundaries, yes. when we're talking about those things, we need to have the same sure footing of Christ. And so like the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. So make sure that they have the same beliefs as you. That's it. Okay, those are the ABCs of pre-marriage dating. A, accountability. B, boundaries. boundaries. And C, Christ. Dun, 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 dun. Now right. we move to all the married people. That's all right. The if married you're married people. in here, go ahead and raise your hand. Hi. Oh, I like the all right. woo. subtle woo. <laughs> like, I'm tired. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> awesome. So now we are going to shift over and talk to the married people in the room. Yes. And for those of you that are single, those of you that are dating, like I said, don't tune out because we're all trying to go in the same direction. So maybe you can yes. learn some things because uh, we're still learning. Again, seven years is relatively short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. And so we're still learning some stuff. And maybe you can learn some things earlier than we did. Yes. And so we understand that marriage is a lifelong covenant. And the Bible is very clear about the different roles in marriage, specifically in Ephesians 5, to 28. In summary, it says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So when we look at this chart here, the unfortunate statistic that we referenced earlier is that 50% of marriages end in divorce. And that's an unfortunate reality of the world that we live in. And if you speak to somebody that's gone through a divorce or um, they're thinking about divorce, some of the things that they typically will say that we've heard people say is, we just fell out of love. You know, we just, we stopped loving each other. The, the love wasn't there, and we just fell out of love. And what I think is really happening there is that the like starts to go down in the relationship, 
the I don't start coming up more frequently. I don't like this. I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't. That like starts to go down. Mm -hmm. And then as that like goes down, we choose to stop loving them. Right. Because how many of you know love is not a feeling? Yeah. Uh, whatever the Hallmark movies say, uh, love is a choice. Love yep. is action. Love takes intentionality. And so it's a choice every single day. And when you say I do, it's not just a covenant with your spouse. It's a covenant with God. And when we enter into that marriage covenant, divorce is not an option. Right. And so we're signing up to choose love every single day. Even, even when if we don't like the person sometimes. That's right. Even if you don't necessarily like them don't look in at that them, moment. Look straight ahead right now. <laughs> so we're choosing love every single day, even if we don't necessarily like the person. When we get married, when we say I do, we're saying that marriage is the commitment of love and the journey of like. It's the journey to continue to like our spouse and to choose to love them every single day. And so we want to talk a little bit about dating in marriage. Yep. Because we believe that that's how you cultivate a, a like, like relationship. relationship. Yep. Just like before you get married, you are dating the person, you learn more about them, you like them more and more. We have to do the same thing and when God we're married. And God wants that for us. That's right. I don't know if I said this already, so sorry if this was for the other service. Say but it again. Say it again. Listen, liking is a get to. Yeah. Loving is I'm choosing to, right? That's a absolute. And that's our relationship with God. It mirrors the same thing, right? We don't just, he doesn't want just a duty. He doesn't want come to church, check. Read my Bible, check, right? right. That's, that's that uh, have to. The like is get to. And when you have a get to relationship with Christ, it changes everything. It makes you want to be with the, him. It makes you want to worship. And so we're wanting the same thing. And he wants the same thing for married couples is to not just have said I do and like here we are, but to actually want to be together like one another. And so we're excited about the marriage, dating, ABCs. That's right. To continue to date in marriage. The A for the marriage ABCs is attention. Attention. And what this means is to prioritize yes. our spouse. What has our priority gets our attention. And we need to see our husband or our wife not as another person, but as an extension of ourselves. And so I'd encourage you this week, pay attention to what's getting your time. Because, again, what has your attention has your priority. And what takes your time, what takes your attention, you can start to see that hierarchy in your life. And yep. sometimes it's not even a bad thing. But pay attention to how much time you're spending at work, how much time you're spending watching TV or playing video games, how much time you're spending taking your kids to, to soccer practice, yep. how much time is being invested into your kids. Exactly. Which we want to take and make a note, and I wanted to share this because I think this is, for ladies, a lot harder um, because we we put a lot of attention into our kids, right? So we, we just are made to care and nurture. And so sometimes moms, when you are, you're just pouring out your life to these kids and it's actually starving your relationship with your spouse. And so I say this not because I have kids and because this is my opinion, but, but this, this is God's word, that your spouse is supposed to come before your kids. And in fact, your relationship with your kids is gonna get better as your relationship with your spouse yeah. improves. And you can share more to that. Yeah, and so what we're not saying is to neglect your kids. Bop. That's not what we're saying at all. Pick them up from FH Kids yes. after here, Go get please. them afterwards. <laughs> take them home. Take them out to lunch with you. We love them. Make sure that you love on your kids. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is that there's a priority to the family dynamic, yes. right? That God is the head 
of the family, that we're supposed to follow, uh, as, as kids, we're supposed to follow our parents as they follow Christ, right. right? The parents are supposed to model that relationship with Jesus. But kids are a gift. They are a gift that we're supposed to steward well, yeah. but they're not supposed to come before our spouse. Right. And this is not our opinion. This is not our thought. This is not just a good idea. This is biblical. Yeah. And in the Bible, it says that children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior. They're a gift. They're powerful. And if we steward them well in the way that God intends it, they're going to be effective in the world when we send them out. Yes. But the Bible says that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So there's a higher priority in the marriage covenant, the marriage relationship, than the relationship with your kids. And your family will be blessed? It will. Keep, the, keep everything in order, and you'll go out, and you'll be blessed. Yep. So we know that attention takes priority. It also takes effort, right? Yeah, because it's really hard sometimes to prioritize somebody other than yourself. True. We are all innately selfish human beings. Yeah, and so, sometimes I'm like, did you make me breakfast? He's like, what you want, girl? <laughs> like, yeah, these eggs are for you. Yeah, he scrapes them onto my plate. <laughs> Anyways, it's like, I'm that just was gonna just a half. small... Just, yeah, small detail, but it takes effort. It takes effort. I like to uh, compare marriage to driving a car. If you take your foot off of the gas pedal, you can coast for a while, right? But eventually, that car is going to stop. And it's the same way with our marriage. When we stop being intentional, we stop prioritizing our spouse, we stop giving them the attention that they deserve, that's when we start realizing we're heading in the wrong direction. Yeah. And if we're not careful to put our foot back on the gas pedal, It'll decline. it can decline. Yeah. And so it takes attention to prioritize our spouse, right. and it takes effort to be intentional to prioritize So you should them. share the example about the house. Yes, so a couple of things that I've had to learn uh, being married for seven years. Morgan likes the house clean when she gets home from a trip. That is every wife, though. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm and gone. I'm just like, ooh, I just wanted to smell so good when I walk in. And really, you just want the house clean, like, all the time. But <laughs> specifically when she gets home from a trip. And guys, I know. The smart thing to do would just be to keep the house clean the three days that she's gone. It don't happen. It, that doesn't happen. You know that doesn't happen. We're all waiting until the day that they're going to get back to do the dishes, do the laundry, make sure the house is clean, and we're running around like a chicken with our head cut off, and we could have just kept it clean the whole time. But, hey. Honestly, I don't really care. That's I'm it. like, however you do it, as long as it's clean, that's I'm it. happy. Keeping the house clean when she comes it home, that was something. Effort. It that's takes effort. It takes intentionality. Say. And also with that, we have Fridays as our day. And we're going to talk a little bit more that more about that in a little bit, but we prioritize a day just for us. Yeah. So that was A, and that was attention. attention. All right, I'm doing B, and I need you to participate. <laughs> say it with me. Bonjour. Bonjour. Okay, if you don't say it with the accent, it don't count. Bonjour. Bonjour. Okay, you guys are like, this girl crazy. Listen, let me explain what I mean. I have taken over four years of French. I took four years of French in high school and then some in college. Adam knows... English. Sometimes. And I took two years of <laughs> Spanish in high school, the bare minimum to okay, graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did well. He does good. So that being said, that was bueno. poor English on my part. That being said, <laughs> I could speak amazing French to him. I could be so eloquent. But if it's not a language he gets, he's not going to understand. What are we trying to say? We believe that there are things called love languages, and I could speak my own love language amazing to him, but he's not going to get it because he does, it's not his language. 
And so we want to talk briefly about the five love languages and ultimately how you can speak your spouse's love language so that when you want to communicate love to them and affection to them, they get it and they yep. receive it. So we, it's, it's based off of, all of this content is based off of a book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And you're welcome to check it out. It's incredible. And it really helped us communicate better. Um, but we want to give you the five love languages really briefly so that you can have fun over lunch. You can talk about this in the car and begin to cultivate that like relationship. And not just talk about how you like to receive love, but pay attention to how your spouse they likes to like receive like to receive, love. right, right. Okay, so the first one is quality time. Quality time, if you receive love by quality time, that means you love a good coffee date, you like a surprise lunch, I showed up with Chick-fil-A for you. Come on, somebody. That, and I, well, it's, that would be food as his love language. More like I wanted to sit with you. You know? Yes, quality time. Quality time. You. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Food is its own. I think there's a sixth love language. Yeah. That and coffee. Um, <laughs> yes. The second one is acts of service. That is, man, getting somebody, uh, you come by, you say, hey, can I have your car, car keys for a little bit? Takes the car, get it detailed. Cleans the house, right? Does the dishes. Um, that is acts of service, and that's a way that people can receive love. They say, man, I really know that you thought about me, and you're showing your love to me in that way. The third one is physical touch. Okay, obviously Send that, all the kids out of the room, so we're, we're clear. They don't know what that means. Um, so this is the birds and the bees, but it doesn't just mean sex, okay? Physical touch also means holding hands. That means uh, a shoulder massage, right? That means uh, I'm looking at him because this is his love language. So I'm like, yee, right? That being said, there's a lot of ways that you can show physical touch, and that, that person receives that as love. The fourth one is gifts. This is my love language, and it sounds so vain, but... I'm not trying to be vain because it doesn't have to be an expensive gift. It's just an intentional one. It's, I picked you up peach rings from the gas station, babe, because I know it's your favorite snack. Yes, they are. Yeah, that is. And see, but if I get him good peach rings and I'm like, ooh, I even checked them to make sure they weren't stale, he would just be like, cool. Because I'm speaking French to a guy who speaks Spanglish. Spanglish. English most of the time. <laughs> I yeah, I was trying to put those together. Uh, and so that's gifts. And then finally, the fifth one is words of affirmation. And that is a posted note on the fridge that says, love you, babe, have a great day. That's a middle of the day text that says, you got this, you're crushing it. Um, that is words of affirmation. So why do we mention all of these? Well, ultimately, like Adam said, we want you to pay attention maybe to something that means a lot to you and then share that with your spouse. Because that's a great way to open dialogue and begin the journey of speaking one another's love languages. Which is super important, again, to find out your spouse's love language. It's this, this concept of being precise versus accurate. Mm. So if you think of a dartboard, precision is hitting the same place every single time. Accuracy is hitting the right place every single time. And so if you're precise and you're like, man, I'm spending so much quality time with my spouse, this is phenomenal, and that's not their love language, you may be very precise, but you're but not, not accurate. accurate. Yeah, you need to be good. accurate and make sure that you're speaking their yeah, love that's language. that's really good. And that starts with communication. Yes, it does. So A, attention. B, bonjour. Bonjour. Pretty you start good. throwing J's in the middle of words, I get all <laughs> kinds of confused. Okay, tell us the C. C, the C of our marriage dating ABCs is connection. Finding ways to connect with your spouse. And really, these loveling or the, uh, the ABCs all tie together yeah. because it takes intentionality to pay attention to our spouse's love language, to 
speak to them in the way that they want to be spoken to, the way that they receive love, and then to connect with them. It takes attention. It takes prioritization. It takes intentionality to connect with your spouse. And if you are in here and you're finding yourself maybe somewhere along the line in that like relationship and you feel like maybe you're kind of in a rut and you're looking for that way to connect, something that's really great is to go back and start doing the things that you were doing when you were dating. If you liked going on coffee dates, go on some coffee dates. That was our thing. We loved going on coffee dates. We still love going on coffee dates. In fact, when we were writing this message, we went on a coffee date to go write this message. And I will take credit right now for the fact that Morgan Mulcahy drinks coffee. Uh, When we first started dating, our coffee dates were one-sided. It was me drinking coffee, and she got a fruit smoothie. But I've since brought her over into the light. She's now been redeemed, so it's all good. (laughs) I've been saved. That's right. But... (laughs) finding ways to connect or to reconnect with your spouse. We used to really enjoy going on day trips. Again, trying to keep those boundaries in place. We'd only go for the day. Now, there's only so far you can go in a 24-hour period. Without getting home by midnight. That's right. you got to be home by midnight. So there's only so far that you can go, right? But we still love to travel. We still love to go on trips together. Now, thankfully, we can just spend a couple of days wherever we're going. And so those are things that we really enjoy doing. But as you grow in your marriage and as you learn your spouse, keeping that conversation open about things that you can do better, something that we just had a conversation about within, I guess, the last year and a half, really, is something that I wasn't doing very good at. Now, I mentioned that Fridays are our days, and that is an outcome of the conversation that we had. What was happening was I was inadvertently, unintentionally prioritizing work over Morgan. Now, again, I work here at the church. And he, we love it. We, we do. Love we being absolutely here. love what we get to do. And part of that was I just wasn't setting good boundaries with work and home life. Now, we understand times get busy. We had Authentic on Friday. You think that we were spending the whole day together? No. no. I was putting we were my getting nails ready on. for Authentic. And so, but what I'm saying is we had to sit down and have a conversation. Morgan's like, hey, I feel like you're not prioritizing me enough, even over something that's good, like work or, you know, working for the church, or even volunteering at the church. Good things, if they're out of line, can get put in a priority above your spouse. And so we had to sit down and have that conversation. And what we decided is that Fridays are going to be our day. Just like Sundays are for the Lord, they're the Sabbath, we have a day for us. Mm -hmm. Now, what that doesn't mean is that we're just sitting around staring into each other's eyes all day. Just (laughs) That would probably do the opposite effect of what we would desire. We get fed up with each other real quick. (laughs) And so we got to be doing something. We'll go to a coffee shop. We'll go take the dog the for park. a walk. We'll yeah. go do some things that we both enjoy or that one of us enjoys more than the other because it takes intentionality. It takes sacrifice. That's part of being in a loving, liking relationship, True. right? But finding those ways to connect or to reconnect with your spouse. Yeah, and we were talking with Pastor Michael who's at our Lake Norman campus. He said something so good, so we had to share it. He said oftentimes it takes as much effort to disconnect as it does to connect. In other words, disconnecting from work, disconnecting from the kids, prioritizing uh, financially. I mean, it comes practically, financially setting aside money so that you can have a babysitter, so that you can go and disconnect, right? Um, Something that I said last service that was so true is 
sometimes we would just use our day off. We counted as a day off, and we'd go grocery shopping, and we had to do laundry. And that's like, that's not intentional between us. No one wants to do that on their day off. No. So what does that mean? Well, we had to be intentional about our schedule to put it midweek so that when Fridays came in, we're really focused in. So sometimes you have to be as intentional to disconnect in order to have a quality connection with your spouse. But it's important, and it matters. And so those are the ABCs of marriage and dating. And we have a challenge for you. Dun, dun, dun. Super simple. Ready? Practice your ABCs. Super simple. Take what we've said today, take them home, and practice them. Put them into practice. And one thing with them that I mentioned with the marriage ones is that they all work together. If you're dating or you're looking to date, the ABCs of pre-marriage dating, they all come together. Having accountability, setting up boundaries and keeping Christ at the center of a relationship. Yep. You don't just pick one and then not do the others. You do all three of them. Same with our marriage. We have to do all of the things. We have to be attentive to our spouse to prioritize them above other things. And that takes intentionality and it takes effort to speak their love language, the way that they want to receive love. And then to connect with them, putting them all together to have a loving, liking relationship. And so as we go out of here today, whatever stage of life that you're in, it should be pretty easy to identify. Just look at your left ring finger and then practice your ABCs. Yeah, and and... We just want to wrap up by saying this. You can have the best relationship here, but it's not going to mean anything if you don't have a relationship here. That's right. Like your relationship with God is foundational for your relationship to mean anything with someone else. And we would be stupid, frankly, to walk out of here without offering you the opportunity to reconnect with God. And I love that we've been talking about falling in like because I heard a story that I'd love to share with you. Um, about how God doesn't just love us, he likes us. And so if you'll stand to your feet, I'm gonna share this story. And it actually is something that I heard here a speaker shared um, about an experience that he had had. And he said he met a man who in a life altering situation said that he met Jesus. This man met Jesus. And so the pastor who was preaching said that he was in the green room with this man and saying, what was it like meeting Jesus? What, what was that like? What, what, do you, what did you take away from that? And the man said, oddly enough, the most profound thing that I took away was how much Jesus liked me. He said, I could tell when I was standing with Jesus in that life-altering situation, he just liked me. I could tell that by the way he watched me talk, something about my face he really loved, and he was leaning in, and he just enjoyed being with me. Did you know that God doesn't just love you? He likes you. I think sometimes we get lost in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? And, and we know that to be true, but we can kind of put God as this big dad in heaven who just loves everyone and forget that he actually really likes you. He likes that you want to shop by yourself at Target with your headphones in. He likes that you put weird combinations of food together. He likes that speck in your eye that you're like, oh, that just looks weird on my glasses. He likes it because he made it. And sometimes we forget that he's not just a big God that loves us all, but he actually has a like relationship with us and wants that. And so I'm hopeful today. That just really took me off guard in the best way. When I heard that, I was like, when you're with someone that you know just likes you, it changes the game. You don't have to be somebody you're not. There's this en- enjoyment that comes. 
And that's what God wants with us. And so I would love for us to pray today, whether you've known God your whole life or you wanna meet him for the first time, uh, that we not only just think of God as this big God who's kind of distant, but he's actually really intimate and he doesn't just love us, but he likes us. That's right. So if we could all just bow our heads, close our eyes, because this is a moment for you and God. We talked about prioritizing our spouse and setting up that priority, but it all starts with our relationship with Jesus, like Morgan was saying, and that he is a big, powerful God, but he's also a present, intentional God that loves you and likes you, that wants to have an intimate, one-on-one, personal relationship with you. Because he knows you better than you know yourself. In fact, he even has the hairs on your head numbered. And so if you're in here today and you want to start a relationship with him, or if you want to restart, recommit your life to him, if you would just put your hand on your heart, this simple act of saying, God, I wanna put you first in my life. It's not for anybody else. It's just for you and him. And when we do this, when we pray this prayer, when we prioritize him, we put him first in our lives, the Bible says that there's a celebration in heaven, that the angels are rejoicing because one of us has come home, has come into a relationship with the Father. And so if that's you, if you put your hand on your heart, if you, it's as simple as just praying this prayer. You can repeat it after me in church. If we could join in together, say it loud enough for your own ears to hear. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. And liking me. And liking me. Thank you for dying on a cross. Thank you for dying on a cross. And forgiving me of my sins. And forgiving me of my sins. Renew my love for you today. Renew my love for you today. And help me honor you. And help me honor you. In my relationships all the days of my life. In my relationships all the days of my life. And God, I just pray right now for those of us that are in here that are maybe single or starting to date, Father, that we will put you at the center of our lives, that we will start with a foundation of having a relationship with you, God, that before we look to the world, as before we look to a girl or to a guy, that we'll first look to you for our fulfillment, for our satisfaction, for our identity, God, that our identity will not be found in another, that it will be found in you, and that while we are navigating this season of singleness, this season of dating, that we will grow to be the men and women that you desire for us to be, Father God. And those of us in here that are married, whether we have just gotten married or we've been married for a very, very long time, God, that I believe you look down on the marriage relationship and that you smile because it's a resemblance of your love for the church, God. And so I pray for the married people in here today that no matter where they are in their marriage walk, whether they feel like they have the strongest relationship in the world or that they're kind of on rocky ground, I pray that you will just enter into that relationship, that we can all take a next step to apply these ABCs to continue to foster that like relationship with our spouse. I thank you that you first showed your love for us, God, and that we can try every single day to be more like you and to show the love to our spouse. So I just pray that over every single person in here right now, that your spirit will begin to fill up every single relationship, that it will mend the things that need to be mended, Father, and strengthen the things that need to be strengthened. So I thank you for that. I thank you for the covenant of marriage, the ability to come together, and that you are just pleased with it, God. 
we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come into this house and to hear a word from you, to worship you, and to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message.